Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my bouncing back daughter and co-host Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So my bouncing back daughter, I like that, I like that concept of bouncing back. And we're talking today about bouncing back from adversity or slash resilience, the concept of resilience and bouncing back. And you're a bouncing backer, aren't you? I would like to think I am, yes. You certainly are. Oh, by the way, I didn't even say hello to you today. So it's so nice of you to, uh, to join us from your nice, comfortable studio. Uh, Thank you. I hope that my voice sounds okay because I'm having some microphone issues. Yeah, yeah, it kind of sounds like a little bit underwater, but you know, that's okay. We're resilient. You know, <laughs> if, if the microphone doesn't work, well, that's it. You know, we, we that, bounce that. back, right? That's right. Speaking, speaking of bouncing back. Rubber ball, I can bounce in back to you. Rubber ball, I can bounce in back to you. <laughs> that's, that's. <laughs> That's, that's kind of the light side of bouncing back from adversity. And not having a great microphone isn't a great challenge, is it? But we, we certainly face all kinds of challenges in life. Resiliency is, is what psychologists define as the capacity to recover from difficult life events. And Certainly, we, we face some very difficult life events, very significant relationship problems, serious health problems, death, workplace, financial stresses. So rather than stick with the bouncy ball as our theme song today, I, I found a more appropriate song. So before you and I discuss this more deeply, would you mind if I, if I play my more appropriate song? <laughs> of course not. Okay. Smile. Though your heart is aching, smile even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. So you, I think you like that song a little better, don't you? I do and I don't. I, I, I like that song because of the optimism in it, but I also think that it's a little bit, um, it, it sort of glosses over the idea that if you're actually feeling strong negative emotions, it's almost like, well, don't let yourself feel them. Hmm. So I think in order to be resilient, you actually have to experience the emotion in order to really bounce back. Like you can't just numb yourself from the experience. A good point, good point. Um, some of the, some of the, the words are, are poignant, even though we're not talking about superficially just, you know, smiling and getting rid of problems, but one of the lyrics I like is when there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, recognizing that we've, we've handled life challenges how many times in our life. And somehow, 
we do manage to get by. But if you smile through your fears and fear and sorrows, smile, and maybe tomorrow you can see the sun come shining through. I, I, I think that, you know, somehow we have to have that hope that, you know, the sun will shine through those clouds. So I don't, I don't necessarily think, and again, we're interpreting a song. I don't, I don't think the song is more or less dismissing, uh, but I think it's, it's really kind of promoting hope that you will use the resources that you've used so often in your life to get by and see that sun come out again. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll take it. Alrighty. So we're talking about resiliency and coming back from adversity isn't always an easy thing, but it's, it's a, it's a really human kind of problem that, you know, everyone kind of has to find their own level of resiliency. But do you think that resiliency is something you're born with, or do you think it's something that you cultivate over time? Mm, I definitely think you cultivate it. And yeah. I think the most resilient people are the ones who have dealt with the most adversity. So you think, you think handling challenge after challenge after challenge makes you tougher? Yes. Uh, you know, you know what would have been a great song for today? Did you ever hear the song by Johnny Cash, A Boy Named Sue? I don't think so. Oh, I wish I had thought of that before this podcast. It's about, it's about this kid that goes through life his, and he hates his father because his father named him Sue. And wherever <laughs> he went, he got, he, he got into fights and people would laugh at him and mock him. And he, and he became a fighter and all this kind of stuff. And then kind of at the end of the song, he realizes that the father paid him the, the most important, you know, kind of gave him the most important kind of gift there was. And it taught him how to handle life and, and to be resilient. And being called Sue required him to take all these challenges and respond, respond. And he became stronger and stronger. And as you said, he became more resilient. Yeah. Huh. You could probably edit the song in, can't you? No. Oh. You, if you want me to edit it in? I don't know. Kind of. I might. I might. It's just that I'm so pressed for time. I'm not very resilient this week. But yeah. if, if I find some resiliency, you'll you'll hear it just slipped in at some point during this podcast. Okay, great. All right. Well, my dad left home when I was three. He didn't leave much to mourn me. Just his old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Well, I don't blame him because he run and hid. But the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Okay, so I'm not feeling very resilient. I'm trying to figure out why. Well, I, I started physical therapy and I have a shoulder strain, bicep strain, elbow strain, forearm strain. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and, and my arm is kind of useless. And I'm not feeling resilient about that. Now, now this is a podcast where we're talking about getting through. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I, I'm sure I will recover. But it's interesting how, you know, you, you kind of just feel sometimes that you, 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 you know, you get impatient, I guess you, you feel it's not going to happen. Uh, and, you know, last night I was, I was visiting uh, and my, my grandson, and it was so pathetic. I was on the floor with him and he's crawling. He's not walking yet. And he came over to me and he, he held both his arms up and he, he wanted me to pick him up and I oh. couldn't pick him up. <laughs> Oh. My, my bum arm 
and I, would, I, went, I went home not feeling very resilient. Oh, I anyway. so, so sometimes, you know, when we deal with, you know, really, uh, you know, bouncing back from very difficult situations, you, you kind of implied this before, it, it kind of promotes personal growth, doesn't it? It definitely does. But I think the only way you can grow is to feel uncomfortable first. Like, you can't just be in a situation that's handled easily and actually grow from it. Um, you have to actually experience the discomfort because I think it's in the experiencing it that you gain like the confidence to know that you have the tools to withstand those feelings of, you know, wanting to give up, but pushing through. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you make that that change comes from, you know, the difficulties, the adversity that we have to deal with, that if, if, if it were easier or less uh, I guess, traumatic, you know, we, we might gloss over it and not really learn those lessons, but we have to find a way to kind of circumvent, you know, our own emotions. And I think the most profound kind of adversity would be the loss of a loved one. And, you know, that's when you, when you come out, come face to face with that, that vacuum that has been created in your life when a loved one has passed, uh, that that requires kind of every ounce of resiliency that you can muster, and and in such cases, sometimes you can't do it alone. You know, mm. you really you really need to have the support of others to to kind of bolster you up and 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 kind of just prop you up. And there really isn't a format, right? I mean, there's no directions as to how to become more resilient. But but I like what you say. You know, inadvertently you become more resilient by grappling with those impossible feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think just having the mindset of knowing that difficult situations can lead to brighter futures, I think just understanding that within the discomfort, there is learning and there is growth, it helps. Because I know there's been studies done on this new term called post-traumatic growth. So they say in a traumatic situation, many people experience post-traumatic stress but there's also studies been done on people who actually experience massive leaps in growth after after a trauma. So it's it all depends yeah, on your yeah. mindset afterwards. What, what's the expression that which doesn't uh, kill you makes you stronger? Make, makes you strong. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's post traumatic growth. That that's that's an interesting concept because you know when you when you're grappling with with the trauma of adversity you you have to find your way it's like being in a dark room with without a flashlight you know and you're kind of bumping into things and you know finally you find kind of a uh, crack of light from the door and you head yourself towards that but but you can't kind of make that happen at first you can't you can't will it, it it's almost like a, a there needs to be a process of digestion over time something in us uh, and, and tell me if you agree with this, that something in us is always geared towards what I would call homeostasis or healing or balance and something in us, you know, they say time heals all wounds. And maybe it's true. Maybe there's something in us that adapts instinctually to adversity over time. Do you think there's like a mechanism, even a survival mechanism that, that would bring us just just by merely letting time pass that we tend to find our way? It kind of makes sense that there would be just based on evolutionary like successes because there obviously was a lot of 
trauma and trying times in the early evolutionary times. So, yeah, I mean, if Fred and Wilma decided uh, that you know they that that the dinosaur kind of ate one of their children or something, <laughs> and they did, and they decided, oh, that's it, I quit. Uh, you know, then then we wouldn't be here today. But Fred and Wilma, they 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 you know they they stayed with it. You know, they they went on and maybe had you know ten or twelve other kids, and our species flourished because yeah. we didn't quit. And I think that's important note also that I think sometimes people feel like you, for instance, are saying you don't feel resilient with your arm injury, um, and I know my fellow teachers at the moment, a lot of people are feeling almost fatigued by all of the changes mm -hmm. at school with, with the COVID pandemic and, uh, you know, kids going in and out of school and Zoom and there's so many things changing. It's really hard to do our jobs well. There's a lot of fatigue there. And I think a lot of people are feeling like they're not resilient. And yet I think sometimes being resilient just means showing up or like just getting through it it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to feel strong or valiant but it, you're still there you're you know like you're you're finding a way to get through it might not necessarily feel like you're resilient but that's that's an excellent point and i think it's really worth emphasizing that resiliency isn't always about you know trumpets blaring and charge of the light brigade it's it's sometimes just a matter of not quitting you know, putting one foot in front of the other, enduring, yeah, chronic pain, you know, people with chronic pain, you know, that's, that's, a, you had said many podcasts ago about the difference between pain and suffering. And I think that let's, let's talk to someone who is going through a chronic problem, it doesn't necessarily have to be pain. But tell us a little bit about when we suffer versus when we're in pain. Because I think I think it's important to recognize that resiliency also has to do with having the right mindset to not, you know, kind of uh, get lost in that, uh, you know, in that pit of despair. Uh, pain versus suffering. Okay, go over that once more. Yeah. Well, pain. I guess when you're talking about pain in the body, um, there's a big distinction between pain, body versus brain, body versus mind, but also pain can be um, emotional pain, could be pain that exists in the mind as well. But I think suffering happens when we attach to the pain and our mind actually like extrapolates off of the actual pain. And so very rarely do you suffer unless you start thinking about the future. Like, how is this going to, how am I going to get through this? How am I possibly going to do life without this, you know, my arm working or my loved one being with me. It's like, if you can just highlight the present moment, moment by moment in difficult situations, you can alleviate suffering by not attaching to it, by not attaching to the pain. You just notice it. So by looking too far ahead, uh, it's, it's easy to become overwhelmed with the hopelessness of handling the present. Is that yeah. It, and it's almost like um, I know with teaching, you know, last week we went back after the break and we knew that a lot was going to be changed just because of the rise in cases with COVID. And I think that day before break ended, a lot of teachers were feeling anxiety, which I guess could be equated to suffering because it was like, well, what is it? What is it going to be like? How are we going to do this? How are we possibly going to do what we need to do? And then when you get there, 
and you start doing it, you start building the resilience and it, it starts to, I guess you take, you take thinking into action and somehow that dilutes the suffering. I'm I'm interested in, in, in what's going on at the schools as many of us are with this Omicron variable, but I guess, I guess there are, I mean, you could draw comparisons between some teachers that might be more hysterical than others, some that are more depressed, anxious, but, but this, this is really, uh, I, I guess there aren't too many, and you correct me if I'm wrong, there aren't too many teachers that aren't required to kind of muster up some resiliency in order to just show up every day and, you know, not let the concept of contracting Omicron cripple you I mean how do you do that yeah that song the smile song before made me think of that because I know that you know teachers. excuse me the smile song is going to play right now and when the clouds are in the sky you'll get by if you smile through your fear and sorrow smile we already played the song before oh I (laughs) what's the song I'm supposed to play oh the boy named Sue I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> all right well, we'll play it again <laughs> okay so uh i'm sorry so oh, you, the teachers no, I was like, the teachers remind me of that of the smile song you played earlier because i think even Thanks though they're reminding me you're welcome <laughs> even though there's a lot of um even though there's a lot of fear and uh uncertainty that needs to be managed i think from what my from what I've witnessed at my schools it's like pretty amazing how teachers like show up smiling for their kids and making it okay um even if that's not how they're feeling um and I think somehow that does help them get through so there's a fact and that's that the road to resilience likely involves considerable emotional distress so if you are and and you're you're a teacher. I want to ask you that in a second. But every day you show up, there's got to be some considerable emotional distress about what's going on in the world, the classroom, this virus. Uh, so handling any situation that that is adverse requires that you understand that emotional distress is part of being human. But, but my question I wanted to ask you, Lauren. You know, we we, we often talk every week, but I think it's important for people to understand. You know, you're kind of a multifaceted professional. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you do, because you have so much that you offer here at these podcasts. And people might say, well, she's his daughter. Uh, But but they don't maybe they don't realize just how I say multifaceted you are (laughs) as a person. Tell me a little bit about the things you do. Oh, that's so kind. Um, Well, I think that my most important facet is that I am your daughter (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you let's move on you're welcome (laughs) um (laughs) I so I teach a class called health and wellness at elementary schools and it's basically a program that I've created that teaches social and emotional wellness to children so um especially now with the stress of kids and remote learning how valuable was that uh, concept to come up with? Yeah, it. luckily our school district actually created the position. It was one year before the pandemic, so their timing couldn't have been more perfect. And it's been very rewarding because I think kids, contrary to what a lot of people believed, kids were actually really looking for 
you know, um, understanding more about themselves and learning about mindfulness hmm. and different strategies and tools to become more resilient, actually, is <laughs> really what we teach. And you're not just talking about one age group, you're talking from kindergarten to what grade? Yeah, kindergarten through fifth grade. You know, I did a whole dissertation on the, the importance uh, and the, the understanding of uh, interpreting facial expressions. What do you think is going to happen to kids that don't see facial expressions, that, all these masks? I, I don't know. It's so interesting. We were just, I was just doing a lesson with kindergartners the other day about understanding emotions and um, we were acting out different emotions. And it was just so funny because you can't see the mouth. So all you can really use is like the eyes, but they were able to, they were really able to pick out the way somebody's eyes change when they smile. Like they're so perceptive and they were able to say like your eyes actually get brighter and smaller when you're smiling, your eyebrows change when you're like frowning. So they, they were the ones who noticed like all of these little things. I think it's because they're forced to. Um, they're forced to be resilient, right? Yeah, and especially at that young age. So what you're saying, I think, is just, uh, you know, it's it's Darwinian. It's it's adaptation in motion. Here we are wondering, well, these poor kids, you know, they, they aren't able to see facial expressions. Uh, their normal social development is going to be impinged upon by these masks. And yet what you're saying, I think, is almost miraculous that kids are now, rather than just not adapting they are adapting and they're starting to evolve by noticing nuances that they normally wouldn't notice you know it's like people that are born uh, blind the brain actually develops or compensates and develops other parts of the brain that compensate for that which is you know now absent and you're saying the same thing with the absence of the of the facial the mouth and that very expressive area of our face that kids have now begun to adapt to read other cues. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so you might even follow up on that if you haven't already and, and come up with, uh, you know, some kind of little uh, exercises, you know, where, where my little caricature drawings, you know, had, you know, the angry face, the sad face, the happy face. And, and by the way, all my little faces were before emojis. I just wanted you to know that. And so all your, all your, all your little exercises could have, you know, the kids, you know, looking at the caricatures and trying to decipher, you know, based on maybe photographic evidence, you know, helping them to foster that capacity. Because if these masks are going to be around and some people, you know, and I hate to even say this because I'm really an optimist, but some people are saying that this this virus may be endemic and that you know we are going to have to live with it and you know I, that's okay because you know we live with other flus and viruses and sars and mars and and H, hiv and all that stuff so you know we we've come to adapt and live but i do worry about kids and i do worry about you know those you know as far as a psychologist i'm worried about the social cues that allow kids to, to thrive and evolve and relate better in life. But you just blown me away today by that concept that they're, they are already evolving. That's, I'm just oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think, and the, the younger kids are, they don't even notice that there was ever anything different. 
So these young kids going to kindergarten, first grade, even second graders have lived their life at school with masks on. Yeah, um, it's sad though. Yeah, it's it's it so sad. sad. I mean, they don't know it's sad though. So it's just us projecting sadness on them. They uh, actually are fine. <laughs> they don't look mind. At, look at my granddaughter and and your your niece. She goes to preschool and she wears that little mask and it's typically falls below her nose. But but she knows she doesn't take it off. She doesn't fight it. She doesn't take it off. She has adapted, and and I guess you're right. I guess you know kids are you know this is becoming the new normal for children. But you know we we tend to project into it and we feel all this. Oh, it's so sad and so horrible. Well, they say that's why they always say kids are so resilient, and I think it's because a lot of times they don't know all that we know. So we're, we're making constant comparisons in our mind, whereas like they don't have the ability to do that, which is that's where we create suffering and they don't. They're just living in the moment. And it's like on this past Friday, we had a an all virtual day. So just for one day, I'll oh, teach. You sounds <laughs> wonderful. An all virtual day. <laughs> it was a blast from the past. Talk about post-traumatic stress. Um, so all the kids logged into the computer and the first class I had was fifth graders. And I asked them how they were doing and they almost all of them said that they were just so bummed that they had to be on the computer on virtual learning and they were so upset about it and they couldn't wait to be back in school. They just wanted to be in school. And uh, then I had a first grade class and they were all so excited because this was the first time they had done this virtual thing. So they were so excited to see each other on the screen and they were learning all about the little like buttons you could press. And not one of them said that they were upset to be on virtual school. So I think it just goes to show you like once your mind kind of adapts to something and you have comparisons, mm. it, it makes create suffering. And you know, and, and you are part of that Dar Darwinian uh, experience yourself. I mean, just the, the program that you set up uh, is, is an adaptation from a professional level for those kids. And who knows, you know, what else will be coming down the pike as we continue to evolve and provide as best we can a compensation for what's going on in our world. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I really applaud you. And you, you, uh, just to reiterate your professionalism, you were a, an active, what, what grades did you teach? You taught? I taught, well, middle school, middle third school. grade, and fourth grade. Middle school, third grade, and fourth grade. So you, you come to this podcast with a plethora of uh, insights and experiences. And, and I also know that you, you've started another program. I don't know if you want to mention that or not. Uh, but if you do, go right ahead. <laughs> sure. Um, I created a company called Self Studios. Well, Self Studios Learning is the website. Right. And um, it basically is an extension of what I do in the school day, but it's an after school, after school classes for children to really experience and embody the different social and emotional learning tools and strategies to help them become more resilient, really. So, so, they, so there you go. So now you're, you know, you you are kind of at the, uh, you know, the apex of this this thrust to try to, you know, adapt, change, instill resiliency, offer handholds and and compensations for the world that we used to know, 
so I applaud you. I, you know I do. And I think that you've, you've managed to put together some very interesting, uh, as a compensatory ways to help children become normal, functional, social adults. Because that's really the goal is that we, we really want to see the outcome of this as soon as humanly possible. And you're yeah. ensuring that that outcome is going to be one where kids, you know, put this in the rearview mirror and really do thrive at some point beyond this. So it takes a little bit of ingenuity, a little bit of insight and a little bit of creativity. But, but you're one of those people on the front lines that, that are offering, I, I like the word Darwinian, offering adaptational kind of education. Very good, Lauren. So that's that's why I wanted to bring you into this because people people are getting tired of saying it's his daughter. Of course, she's she's going to be on the podcast. You're much more than my daughter, and you have uh, this whole wellness kind of orientation, this millennial, new age wellness that you bring to these podcasts, and uh, and I you know I think it's great. Do you know what time it is? Mm, I sure do. <laughs> it is. It is. Yep. Self-coaching. Back with my voice. Resilience is typically defined as the capacity to recover from difficult life events. Being resilient doesn't mean you won't experience difficulty or distress. You'll never escape the pain of being human but you can learn to be more resilient. Resilience is like a muscle. You can work at becoming more resilient. Start out by becoming more mindful. Focus on doing something that occupies your mind and gives you a sense of accomplishment. Sure, you may have to force yourself at first, but remember, you're building muscle. Be patient. And most importantly, accept the changes, big or small, that have been thrust upon you. Don't cling to what was or what should have been. Let go of the past and begin cultivating a hopeful attitude that will serve you going forward. Healing takes time. Be patient. Give yourself time. So there were a few things just uh, before we close that I think, you know, Resiliency is important, and when you are hammered by life adversity or struggle, there are a few things you can do to to really get that muscle kind of pumped up and get connected, right? Getting connected with loved ones, support group. As you might say, make every day meaningful, your, your word mindfulness and all that kind of good stuff. Learn from experience. How many obstacles have you gotten over in your life? A hundred, a thousand, a million. But you've handled each and every one and you've come away learning something, whether you are conscious of it or not. So we learn from experience. So the next time you face adversity, recognize that there's still something to be learned. And you always say that, Lauren. You always say when when you meet someone that that is uh, you know not pleasant or someone that gives you a problem you've often said that you know what can i learn from this person right yeah yeah it's the best way to learn is to face challenges that's right so we can be excited when we chase face challenges 
or maybe not excited, but we can be open to them. Well, you can be excited because you are an excitable person. Remain hopeful. If you can't change something, someone that has lost, lost a loved one, well, obviously you can't be hopeful of that person resurrecting, but, but you can be hopeful that you will adapt and find a life in the future, a meaningful life, a purposeful life. So we need to remain hopeful. And here's one that I think you can help us out with is to take care of yourself. How important is that? Very important. Yeah. I feel like it can be easy to, to lose yourself in challenging times, but we want to try and stay with ourselves. And I think sometimes that can be hard because there can be difficult emotions that you're experiencing, but part of taking care of yourself is allowing yourself to live through those emotions and actually express them instead of suppress them. Mm-hmm. yeah and being able to give yourself the care you need very good I, I think it's important we'd have to tend to our own needs and feelings it's good to participate in activities and hobbies that you enjoy physical activity is great daily routines get plenty of sleep eat healthy you know practice stress management relaxation like you always say meditation yoga you do all those good things you do take care of yourself most of the time. <laughs> yes, thank you. And lastly, let me just say, be proactive. You know, don't ignore problems. Adversity and, and challenges do challenge. That's why they, isn't this profound? That's why they're called challenges, because they challenge us, right? Uh-huh. Oh, man, I just, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you're faced with problems, figure out what needs to be done. Make a plan. Take action. You know, it could be anything. It could be journaling, learn from it. Uh, it, can, it can take time to recover, especially a major setback. You know, so just know that your situation can improve and work at it. So that's it. I'm sorry you, you, your microphone didn't work for you. I, I, I think with all the technical staff that we have and the thousands of dollars we put into these podcasts each each week, it's a shame when something malfunctions like this, but <laughs> you sounded okay. A little underwater, but maybe, maybe it'll wash out in the editing. Hopefully. I'll be sure to have my correct adapters next week. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, be resilient. Keep doing what you're doing at the schools because uh, you uh, you are making an impact in this very, you know, we are strangers in a strange world right now. And uh, you are finding ways to help kids become more familiar with adapting and having great lives ahead of them. So that's it. That's all I've got. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to throw out there and see if it sticks against the wall? Yeah, I think I've pretty much thrown out all the stuff today. Do you know where that comes from? See if it sticks against the wall? No. I don't know if it's an Italian thing. If you throw spaghetti against the wall uh, and if it sticks, then it's 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 ready to be eaten. Uh, that's my impression. <laughs> <laughs> you should see our, our kitchen. It's a it's a, the walls are a mess. Oh my god, it's horrible. But anyway. <laughs> that definitely sounds like an Italian thing then. <laughs> So Lauren, uh, I will see you next week. I will try to be more resilient. I'm sorry that uh, this is a lack of resiliency week for yours, yours truly, but uh, I'll, I'll heed everything you said and know that our kids are in capable hands with you at the helm. So have a great week. <laughs> you too. Thank you. You're welcome. And visit our website, selfcoaching.net. 
where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out the various books and videos and blogs and podcasts and who knows what. You might even find a Captain Video helmet for sale. <laughs> so until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. You know, by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren and me every week and let's Believe make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart.